Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Stephen. Be sure to visit Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter today for upcoming guests and show news. You'll find trailers and promos, exclusive photos, as well as interesting information about current, upcoming, as well as past guests. Don't forget to like and follow the page so that we can keep in touch with each other. Thank you. Dreams again. Visions. Are they in the same vein as before? Yes and no. They seem more surreal. More frightening. It's like a waking nightmare. I'm, I'm trapped and can't escape. Yet I'm fully aware that I'm dreaming. The suppressed feelings that you have for your mother and your father, combined with all of the feelings that you're having in your current life, they're all coming together in like this, this whirlwind of emotion for you. And they're realizing themselves in your dreams, visions. Yeah, but it feels real. You know, one minute I'm in it and everything's fine. And then the next thing, there's these these things and then there's this stark figure and a he he starts killing everyone around me everyone that I know care about anyone that I interact with Hi, everyone. This is your host, Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. So nice to have all of you listening today. Thank you. This is your home for meaningful, in-depth, and fun interviews. I truly enjoyed researching and learning more about my special guest today, actress Kendra Corelli. I'm looking forward to uh, learning more about her. She is joining me to discuss her leading role in Bloody Ballet, a horror film with a psychological edge. In addition, we will discuss what life was like growing up on a small farm just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And after discovering the joy of acting and theater, and despite excelling in those areas, a school guidance counselor suggested she put acting ambitions on hold so that she could instead focus on her academics. Fortunately, she decided to stay true to her heart and pursued acting once again, going on to appear in dozens of commercials, independent films, and even a web series. She also appeared in one Marvel franchise film, and as mentioned, is the lead role in the horror film Bloody Ballet. 
Kendra Corelli. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Hello. Glad to be here. Well, welcome. Hi there. So nice to be speaking with you. I'm, I'm just so excited. Yes, as am I. Thank you for having me. Well, you are most welcome. I'm looking forward to this very much. And um, before we discuss uh, Bloody Ballet, um, which you gave a very impressive performance in, by the way, and we can also discuss what the film is about and more about your character, I thought I would start things off by asking about uh, what life was like growing up on a small farm uh, in North Carolina. Yeah, uh, absolutely amazing. And the best acting school there is uh, because it allowed for much imagination and creativity. We did not have television or cable growing up. And so my siblings and I would constantly be outside and creating new games and I actually found some home videos where we had put together our own home movie um, and had my mom DP and camera operate it and so uh, farm life in the country was the best upbringing and I definitely will want to do it in the future if I have kids for sure Well, that sounds uh, wonderful. And you got to use your imagination, which um, obviously would be a big uh, help to you as an actress uh, down the road. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With anything, with any anything in the art. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, when I was growing up uh, back in the 80s, Kendra, uh, imagination was a huge part of my life. So I can completely relate to that. It's a it's wonderful. And and that broaden your horizons as well. In North Carolina, I'll tell you, it's a beautiful state. Um, I actually have done theater in Southern Pines and Pinehurst years ago and actually lived there uh, maybe, you know, just for, oh, maybe a little under two years. But it's a very, very uh, pretty state. Did you really? That's so cool. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very partial to North Carolina, obviously. (laughs) I I live in California. I live in California now, but I'm constantly coming home whenever I can. And I have my North Carolina necklace that I never take off. And nobody ever seems to, to get it right. They always think it's Virginia or Tennessee. Um, they never know uh, the state of North Carolina. But uh, uh, that's a beautiful area to live. That's right outside of Raleigh, like an hour outside of Raleigh, right? That is correct. Yes. That yeah, is correct. I went to school. I went to business school in Raleigh, and I had a bunch of friends from there, and I know it's a big golfing community Uh, down there. Yes, you got that right. In fact, it's uh, so so popular there. There's so many courses and um, really nice ones that, I mean, I'll tell you what, it didn't matter you know, if it was storming out, there was people out there. And sometimes I used to go, oh, my goodness, they're golfing and putting their, their life in jeopardy. Now, that's that's dedication. <laughs> it is quite, quite dedicated, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I played one of my favorite characters on stage there up in The Country Girl, Bernie Dodd, which was played by William Holden in the film version. So it has a special place in my heart, North Carolina. So I completely yeah. understand. And, um, and in my early years, Kendra, I also grew up on a farm, um, just for a few years. So I, I do understand what that can be like to a certain extent anyway. And, and thanks for sharing that. So how did your interest in acting first develop? Oh, okay. But let me also say, I know we talked a little bit before this and I just, we are twins. 
like yet again more more yes. similarities. I feel like we have many many similarities. Um, yes, we do. Ah, uh, wow! Acting, I I always loved it. I went to a private school up until high school, and I was quite involved in the arts. And then in high school, I fell out of it and focused more on the academic work. And then went to business school, and then rediscovered my passion of acting. My mother actually found a method acting class with Burgess Jenkins in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I went and audited a class, fell in love, and slowly got back into it. But I've always loved, uh, I grew up with really amazing siblings, an older brother and younger sister. And we were constantly, you know, putting on plays, making up stories. So I think the, the love of acting has always been there. And then, of course, with my Omi, my, my, my grandmother and my mom, you know, we were constantly going to, um, we went to the ballet and we would go and see the, the orchestra play and uh, Portland, Oregon. So I was, I was always grew, grew up in the, the art scene um, and then just kind of fell out of it because it wasn't in my path for a bit. And then uh, thankfully came back to it and rediscovered, rediscovered my love for it. So. Yeah. That's wonderful. And it sounds like you had an appreciation for uh, all sorts of uh, art, you know, um, that that's wonderful. Yeah. My niece was home for Thanksgiving for the holiday and we were creating, we were building fairy houses and I'm really into not buying material things and finding whatever we can in nature, especially being in the country. And I just realized when you're with children, the their level of creativity inspires you, and it's like you're refinding your inner child. And that's what is also so beautiful about art is that it allows us to continue to express ourselves, and it's so fun to be creative. And I feel like a lot of times, the older we get, and in society, the more conventional it is. It's there's like that story of the young boy that um, his first day of school, he draws a flower. And the teacher says, no, you did it wrong. It needs to have red petals and a green stem. And then he goes to first grade and the same thing happens. And then he gets to second grade and the teacher says, okay, everyone draw a picture. And the boy says, well, what should I draw? And she says, anything you want. And he said, anything? And she says, yes. And so he draws a flower with red petals and a green stem because all the creativity has been taken out of him and he's been told what he has to do instead of allowing him to express himself. And so that's what I love about the arts is that we can continue to express ourselves and grow as adults. Um, so I'm just thankful, thankful for that. And I'm learning that more and more, uh, I'm rediscovering my creativity, even still having done this professionally for five years. It's like every day I'm, you know, finding something new. So it's kind of exciting. Absolutely. That's wonderful and beautiful perspective. Um, I can completely relate to everything you said, because that's exactly um, how I view the arts as well. And Kendra, you probably experienced this as well, I assume, is that you just keep discovering new and new material or new and new types of art or uh, projects that inspire you in a new way. And the journey really never ends, does it? No, no, never. You're n- you never stop growing. You never stop learning, which is what's so beautiful about all of life, but yeah, especially this career, like you said, the new characters and the new stories you're given and you're constantly like, Oh wait. And you know, you go down this path and then this path. So, um, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. 
And when you um, started high school, I believe, uh, like I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you know, uh, an individual had suggested that maybe you you put acting uh, to the side. Now, I'm wondering, when you look back, do you have any idea why they would suggest that to you, considering uh, how much you were already previously enjoying, uh, you know, doing theater and and and, and acting? Well, it was quite funny because it goes also goes back to that inside of a box. I actually was put into chorus because I was going from private to a public school, which I really wanted to go to a public school. And I went from like a graduating class of 38th graders to an incoming freshman class of 700 freshmen. You know, there was over 2,000 students um, and not including teachers. And so it was quite large. And so my guidance counselor was like, okay, well, we're going to pick out her classes for her. And they picked out chorus, choir as one of them. And I know you and I talked about this earlier. I, I can't sing. There is a reason that you will not see singing anywhere on my resume. Uh, I don't claim to be a singer. Um, I'm self-diagnosed tone deaf. Um, and only 10% of the audience is 10%. Uh, and so they told my mom that I should only stay in uh, chorus for the four years because it looks better for colleges. And so I did the out of kind of fear and out of, okay, this is the conventional way that I need to stay doing just choir, even though I can't sing. Um, and <laughs> I guess my, my teacher, you know, took pity on me because she let me stay in there for all four years. So I did it um, more for the college curriculum because they said it will look better for colleges. And so I, I just was too scared to go back into theater because I thought that it wouldn't look good in the future to a college um, because that's what my guidance counselor told me. Mm -hmm. I see. Now, uh, so you described your um, uh, singing ability, which is very similar to mine. Um, I'm sure that um, hound dogs haven't shown up out of nowhere when you sing, but um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened to me. I just wanted to share that, um, which is ironic because you and I both were talking um, off the air that we both love music, but Hey, we just, yeah. uh, that's just how the dice rolls. But uh, were you ever tempted to, to lip sync during any of the, um, uh, singing moments with the choir because sometimes you and I, individuals like us, if we have a sense that we can't sing, we're a little bit shy about actually continuing to sing. Uh huh. Well, I did. I sang, but I was just quite quiet. Um, you gotcha. know, I don't. That works think too. I have a good voice. Yeah, I don't have a good voice. I'm working on a movie right now where, you know, I sing like as a joke, not seriously. And the makeup artist said, no, you can carry a tune. I hear you hitting your notes. And I was just looking at him like, <laughs> uh, I don't believe you. And it was actually, I did a movie this year where I played a country, a country music star, a young famous oh, country wow. music star. Yeah. And I went in there and, and luckily, you know, I'm from the South. So it, it takes me one phone call to my best friend and my country accent is there. <laughs> and I went in and, the producers were in there for the callback and they said, Oh, we buy you as a country singer. And I was like, okay, that's good. Cause that's, you know, what I'm auditioning or here for. And, uh, then I said, but full disclosure, you know, my agent manager probably like, don't, don't say anything, you know, but full disclosure, <laughs> uh, I do not sing. I am not a singer. Look at my, they're holding my resume. I'm like, there's no, you see, there's nothing on there. 
they're singing and they all oh, no worries, no worries. It's just implied. She'll never sing in it. I was like, okay, great. You know, great. I get the final script. The last scene of the movie, I am sitting on stage and I am playing guitar while singing by myself. And I'm like, okay, not only do I not sing, I don't play guitar. So I had a crash course. I had a, a week and a half to learn guitar. And then hopefully they'll have somebody who's actually a professional singer um, in post um, over superimpose over my, my voice. Hopefully, for the sake of the audience's ears, <laughs> I so, see. that was that was terrifying. And all those extras that were out in the crowd, I'm like, I really hope that they don't think that I think I can sing or play guitar because I do it <laughs> terrible, it's terrible. Oh. So, yeah. And yet, they still wanted you for the part, which says a lot about your uh, acting talent. I guess, maybe. I guess. <laughs> I think it does. Now, with me, Kendra, I think that maybe there might be a voice there, and it just requires, well, guess what? Proper training. Do you ever feel yeah. that way about yourself? That maybe if you just learn how to you know, go about it properly, that maybe you actually have a voice uh, somewhere down there? Maybe. It maybe. Was, it was <laughs> 20 plus years of training before I would ever you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Than okay. I, I believe, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I love I love shows like The Voice and just so many. I, I just love you know. My little cousin was singing, playing the ukulele and singing for us at Thanksgiving, and she, her voice gave me chills. It was just beautiful. I mm-hmm. I love music and I love that, and I wish you know I had a voice, but that's just not wasn't in my my cards. I don't think, and and maybe if I really focus hard on it. Who knows? Maybe one day. But yeah, it's just, I would not claim to anyone that I can sing. And I don't feel comfortable performing, singing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I understand. At least we get to use, uh, you know, our voices in other ways. And and that's uh, definitely something that counts. No doubt about it. Well, um, there's amazing singers out there that can you know, take those roles and have the music, you know, that the jobs work. There's plenty of extremely talented people with just absolutely unique, beautiful voices. So. Oh, there sure is. Yeah. There sure is. I just keep yeah. discovering new voices and, and, and just, you know, hearing songs from artists I'm already familiar with, but I'm looking deeper into their catalog and it's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the music mm-hmm. is just wonderful. And um, I will tell you this, Kendra, uh, I did do one musical, so uh, are you shocked about that? But let me tell you, I I did it because the director wrote in a part not in the script that was a comedic part, and it was at the end of Hello Dolly, and um and it was a uh, it was great. People used to come up to me and say that was my favorite part of the play, and I was always amazed. Like what? I was only on stage for two or three minutes, but it's a very comical part. But I was also in adult chorus, and I did lip sync. I just want to share that with you because, okay, okay. The, yeah, that's how insecure I felt about my voice. So I completely understand. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad we're. It's a mutual understanding. But you know, sometimes the smallest roles, going back to that musical, you were such a small role, and are the most impactful. And that's yes. why they say, you know, it doesn't matter how many lines you have, or how long you're on stage, or how you know many scenes you're in the movie. Uh, you know, bring do your work and bring it because you don't know. Even though 
you might be in it for such a short time. You don't know how much you could be impactful to, to the story, you know, and how much people could relate to. And you just never know. So that's really cool to hear. Well, thank you. And you are correct about yeah. that. Even the smallest of parts can be meaningful with the, the right approach. Mm-hmm. So how did you eventually get back into acting, though? Um, I was in business school and I was working in uh, near Winston and my mom was, you know, had read a newspaper and people had always told my parents growing up, oh my gosh, you know, you need to take her to New York, she needs to go Broadway, which remember, can't sing, so I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I did uh, a lot of things and it was a very small school, so it wasn't a lot of people, you know, they were very biased. Uh, and they're like, oh, she's great. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know, this is just fun for me. I never thought about it as a career. I was like, this is just really fun. I enjoy it. Uh, and then my mom, I don't know, she was the one, you know, she's a doctor. My dad's a leadership consultant. They're both absolutely incredible in what they do. Um, and both scholars, very intellectual, but they have a very high level of emotional intelligence and they are very much about chasing what you love and um, not chasing the money. And so I was doing quite well in business school and had an internship and was an ambassador, was very involved, had a job lined up out of college. And my mom just said, hey, just do this class for fun. It's an extracurricular, you know, it didn't count towards my college classes. So I went and audited the class and I was like, oh, yeah. I missed this. And then I I started doing it and I was working with other actors who were actually doing it professionally, not just for fun. And I thought, oh, I could make a career out of this. It'd be a lot harder, much scarier. And, you know, uh, it's a lot more challenging. Um, But I decided with the support of my parents and my friends and my family and my boyfriend at the time, it was like everyone was so supportive and I was so lucky to have them in my life. And they just said, you know, you should do, you should do what you love and what you're good at uh, or what you're passionate at. You know, I was good at business. I was really good, but I wasn't passionate about it. And so, uh, because that was instilled at me, instilled in me at a young age, chasing what you love and not chasing the money, uh, you know, I find it's okay that you know, the days I'm eating beans and rice at the beginning or, you know, having to take another job when I first started out. Um, thankfully, I'm fortunate enough to only be, you know, just doing my, my career now. But because I would think, oh, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that I'm doing what I love and that I get to do what I love when there's so many people in the world that don't. And uh, anytime I hear another artist complain, I, I just remind them, okay, but just remember how how lucky we are to be doing what we love. We we chose this career path, and and it's it's so rewarding. And yes, it can be extremely difficult. But you know, I know you know the security guard at my my complex in Los Angeles. He works sixteen hours. He has five kids. He is the most amazing father. And I talk to him, and he's and he never complains about it. You know, and as actors, yeah, sometimes we have sixteen hour days. But at the end of the day, we get to go home and say, wow, we got to work on this super cool project. So I will never complain about the hours I work or, you know, the conditions or how sometimes rigorous or non-rigorous, whatever it is, because 
because of that, just perspective and realizing how fortunate and blessed. Blessed same. I just went on a. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. No, I'm listening to every moment and enjoying it so much. The <laughs> wonderful perspective yeah. that you have on, on so many uh, uh, topics. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you really do. I'm myself. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm just having a wonderful time speaking with you, Kendra. And you know what? If you um, happen to remember this down the road uh, and you don't mind, and let that gentleman know that uh, I have an enormous respect for him. Well, what he's doing for his family. I will. Alex, I will. I will tell him. He's a wonderful man. I, I yes. tip my hat to him. And you described all of that uh, and layered it out very well because, yes, you could have no doubt gone down a different path. And I have no doubt at all that you would have been very successful at that. But the passion is not there. So, you know what? There is a big difference between doing something uh, to get yourself by and maybe you are making some money. But it's another thing when you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about. The happiness factor is huge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Happiness is is the only rewarding thing. It's the thing that people make money to achieve happiness when they don't realize that that's not where the happiness is going to come from. And uh, I think that once we learn that, I have so many friends that are in like the finance world and they call me like, I hate my job. I hate my job. And they're making great mm-hmm. money, but they're so unhappy. And, and that's not true of, of all my friends. And, but sure. it's just, it is important to realize that nothing material will ever bring us. And some people might just be, and that's okay. But my perspective of it is nothing material will ever bring me the amount of joy that I have or the reward that I have through um, what I, what I get to do because I love what I do. And because at the end of the day, I get to see a project uh, unfold and a narrative told and hopefully inspire people or, you know, or hopefully have people connect and, you know, and and, and I know I've got a really long way to go in in this um, career path, but it's exciting because I do love the journey and I love the challenge. And like I said, it's, it's, very rewarding um, when you get to see the finished project. So. And I'm excited for you. That was one thing I uh, thought about after uh, doing some research about your career and and uh, watching Bloody Ballet, uh, which I watched with the lights on. I just want to let you know that. I, I was like, <laughs> wow, this, this uh, young lady has a remarkable career down the road. Um, no doubt about it. And you know what? You, you talked about people that show you support, like your family and friends. And that is just so priceless because don't you think it's just so much harder for those folks that even if they're very talented, if they don't feel that support from family or or their close friends, I mean, it it is more difficult, isn't it, without a good support system? A hundred percent. I am so grateful. I'm eternally grateful to the people I have in my life. Uh, I've been really blessed because the support system I have, the family I have, the the friends I have, they're all extremely supportive and they're there for me. And I have other friends, you know, from acting classes or on other projects I work with that will talk to me about parents that don't approve or don't understand or significant others that don't or whatever. And I've, I've, I've never had that problem. I've been really, really lucky. Um, But then those people that any, and I'll say this right now and anyone listening to your podcast, Anyone that does not have that support system in this industry, reach out to me because if I ever hear from that doesn't, I'm like, I'm here for you. 
And I, and I could not imagine, I don't know if I'd still be in this, in, in this industry if I didn't have, cause there's times at the very beginning when I didn't have the right perspective on it, where I was like, I'm exhausted. This is terrible. You know, I'm not making money. I'm barely breaking even when I first started out. And, you know, uh, Dominic told me and my parents told me, they said, it's an investment. Instead of looking at it as a loss, instead of looking at the, the small projects or the low pay or the non-existent pay or whatever it is, or the project that you're getting paid for, but you're on set and it's just a terrible project or whatever, look at it as an investment. You're constantly growing in your career and you're learning. And if you look at it as an investment instead of a loss, uh, one, you know, you're pos- much more positive about it. And uh, two, it's just healthier and, you, you know, you'll be, you'll be thankful for those experiences instead of bitter or resentful. And so I had really incredible people to tell me that and, and anyone that doesn't have someone in their life to tell them that, find that support system, find those people. And, and if it's not your parents, I'm sorry. And there's a lot of parents that don't understand it. And if you are a parent, hopefully you'll hear this and, you know, maybe it'll change your perspective or point of view. Um, because yes, it's an unconventional industry and there's no certainty and that's the scary thing. But the fact that your child or significant other, whoever it may be, your friend is, you know, is taking on the challenge and taking on the risk, uh, the, the, the courage to do it and not letting fear stop them. I think that that should be admired. The courage to, to chase a career of total uncertainty in a very saturated market, uh, to me, it's just admirable, if if anything. But um, so hopefully, people can change their perspective on that if they're not supportive. And if you can't find someone that's supportive, then there's there's us, there's me, there's you. You know, there's <laughs> that's right. so many of us that will support that will support. So that's yeah. right. I I love cheering other people on, and yeah. um, you know, honestly, I, I've. Um, uh, I've I've always enjoyed cheering on other actors or uh, and most definitely my guests. Um, I it's just something that um, I enjoy doing. I feel it's important, and I'm just as happy to see someone else, you know, do it exceptionally well as I am myself, and sometimes even more so because I know the joy that it brings them. And, and I tell you what, Kendra, that was just absolutely beautiful. All that you had to say, and is a prime example of when I created this show. What you just said was one of my goals, which was to offer meaningful interviews. And you are a perfect example of that. So I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Most welcome. And I just want to let anybody know out there that is listening that, uh, and I mean this with all my heart, my email is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. So, if I can ever uh, uh, listen to what you have to say, maybe in the written version, so to speak, I'll be happy to do so. Yeah. Well, I'll tell well, you what. I'll give, I'll give you mine, too. You inspired me. I might have to change it, and I'm sure I'm going to have an upset, <laughs> upset <laughs> agency. But mine's my, my Kendra Corelli. It's quite simple. No one ever figures it out because it seems too on the nose. But it's mm-hmm. my first and my last name at gmail.com. So, I love same, it. Thank I will, you. Yeah, support whoever I can. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll hear from some people and and yeah. uh, that that would be wonderful. And that was very gracious of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, <laughs> talk about switching uh, di- uh, directions here. Yeah. This movie <laughs> that you are the lead in. Well, I tell you what, um, I actually watched it today and I purposely waited because I wanted it to be fresh in my mind. You know, I didn't want to watch it a week before. I wanted it to be fresh in my mind and uh, I'm glad that I took that approach. So I have to tell you, you are the, 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 the leading lady in the film. Uh, Bloody Ballet is the title, although it did have another title before, which we'll get into. So very atmospheric, right? Very atmospheric. It's very obvious to me that this film was made with a lot of love behind the scenes, as well as the cast. Just my personal opinion. And that's what I liked about it the most. I could tell that people cared. Um, if uh, it, it lives up to its title. It is bloody. In fact, it's also gruesome. And I have to tell you, Kendra, I usually have a very high tolerance level because I, I actually enjoy horror films. I, I, I actually love them. Uh, uh, you know, really good horror films, that is. But yeah. you know what? I had to look away several times. <laughs> and you probably know the scenes I'm talking about, so I probably don't even have yeah. to bring it up because you know what? I just couldn't look at it. And um, that's uh, so, you know what? That really says a lot right there um, when you have to look away at those moments. But I'll tell you what, why don't you let the folks out there that maybe haven't seen this film yet or don't know much about it, how would you describe your character in the film? Oh, she's a mess. She's a total mess. She does have a lot of emotional turmoil, doesn't she? Yes. Um, she's a roller coaster throughout the film and, you know, uh, it's really especially interesting. It's always been uh, something that has been an issue in society and moving to a bigger city. I've learned a lot and I, I did a lot of, I was excited about getting this character because of the study that went into it. One of the things I love about when I take on a character is the research I get to do on, on mental illness, and um, there was an element of reality mixed with um, some fantasy, and, you know, actually, the narrative wasn't completed, ever. Uh, the story kept changing, so the director and I were constantly talking, we're like, okay, so is this real? Is this not real? And we weren't sure, and so... Um, and that also can be left to the audience and the audience will see when they watch the film, but it's playing on, you know, mental, um, she, mental illness, but also there's an element obviously of the, the horror that is, is fantasy that's not real. And then there's an element that is. And so, uh, I think that's the best way to describe it because we weren't even sure at the beginning what was real and what wasn't and what, so Mm -hmm. what we went into every scene with was doing it scene by scene, which, you know, is, is, is very unorthodox for if you're a lead in a a movie, you break it down by your moment before it, you're an actor. So I know, you know, moment before your moment after where you are physically in the script, you, you have a whole, a whole list, you know, you, you can't, it's not like a supporting character where you can just kind of come in and, you know, you really need to know where you're coming from so that you can tell the narrative from beginning to end and have a character arc and a story arc and yada, yada. But, and so we're just trusted in him. Like, you know, he knows what he's going to need for the edit and 
you know, uh, if he knows he can create a story with this and let's do it. So it was really going scene by scene and just taking the character as honestly as like, this is a situation. Here's the point of view. Okay, do it. And so I've never done a movie that way. I've never filmed a movie that way, but I, I think it worked. If you enjoyed it and you liked her character, then, you know, at the time I was stressed because I was like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know if she's going to have an arc. I don't really know. Cause this is, um, but I, I think it worked out. Um, and then, yes, it's, it's quite gruesome. Um, I had to look away, even though it's all practical effects and I saw how they were done. <laughs> um, it's still hard for me. I was like, oh, I still don't work it, even though I know exactly how it was shot. Um, mm-hmm. and I can't say anything because I don't want to give anything away. Sure. But, um, but I could tell you exactly how it was done. Yeah. And I know, and it's still hard for me to watch it. So, well, yeah. someday maybe you can share some of those, uh, <laughs> you know, filming secrets. I'd like to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you said, we don't want to ruin it for folks. But I'll tell you what, you uh, that was a great description. Thank you of your character. Uh, that's how I felt as a viewer, Kendra, is that um, that this film was mysterious to me. That's one of the things that pulled me in was like, you know, wait a minute. I don't think this is real or is it or is this in her head? And you know what you did so well that I liked so much? You know, I have to say, wow, I just, my respect for you just shot up so much is that on the one hand, you gave a performance of a healthy, vibrant young lady, you know, Mm -hmm. this beautiful ballerina that's uh, excited about this uh, big production and et cetera, et cetera, has a good close friend that is shown in the film. And, and yet, wow. You can turn the knob the other way, and it's like you're it totally changes. Uh, stress, anxiety, uh, inner torment, turmoil. I mean, you displayed both so well. So congratulations on, on such an outstanding performance. Thank you. Thank you. You're so gracious. You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're most welcome. I, I don't watch horror films. Um, and it's so funny because I do a lot of them. I get cast in a lot of them and people are like, what? And I just say, but I love doing them because the fans are so loyal and they're so gracious and kind. And it's like, there's times I'll watch, I'll be like, oh gosh, you know, cause I'm so much better than this or that. And people are just like, oh, it's great. And I'm like, no, you know, it's just, the horror fans are just so amazing and they keep the, the genre alive and they, that's the only reason that I do horror films is because I know how much fans appreciate it and I know how, how wonderful they are. And so that's, that's what keeps me doing the genre. Yeah. This genre. And in the wrong hands, this film could have been something else. Couldn't it Kendra? And what I mean that by that is um, if it wasn't done with as much care and love, it could have just been your run of the mill slasher, so to speak. And, and maybe Mm -hmm. even a little exploitive, if you know what I mean, but that's not what the situation is here. I'm very impressed with um, the lighting, the coloring of the film. I like the camera work was done very, very well. Other cast members gave really good performances and the music, Kendra, like uh, mm-hmm. in the beginning, you know, when they're, they're showing you guys, um, it's almost like a workout, so to speak. Like, I really like this, that music that was, that's in the film. So congratulations to all. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I can't take credit for any of those things. That's the amazing right. crew. And it was quite a skeleton crew, but, but Matt, <laughs> we had Matt, um, who was the gaffer on it. He was absolutely incredible. And then, you know, we had Tony and Brett, 
that were DPing it, and Brett was also directing it, and uh, Tony was doing the camera operating, and Brett did a little bit of it, and it was um, it was a small budget film, but it was very stylized, and uh, Brett Brett wanted that, and you know he based it off of the seventies film Suspiria, and they just came out, you know, with a new one, but he based it off of that 70s film. And when we first went into filming, he gave me the the film and he said, the narrative is going to be different, but I'm inspiring, you know, lighting and the music and the style. Um, It's stylized off of uh, Suspiria, the original Suspiria. So um, that lighting, all that, I knew going in how Brett was going to do it. And then he also had those, some of those songs already that he would actually play on set during setup and you know usually first team isn't around when the crew's setting up but on small indie films they are and which is really cool too because as an actor you learn so much when you get to watch you know you get to watch the crew work and i think it's really important for actors uh to have a 360 approach to their work and so brett would be playing those songs before we would do the scene so it kind of set the mood and it was quite cool because usually, you know, you don't not typically do you have the songs um, composed before you have the piece done. And so that was really cool and different. A lot of it was very unorthodox, but um, I think it, it worked out uh, very well. Most definitely. So please uh, let everybody know that I was very impressed. And um, I will. I will. I'll tell the crew. They're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. And it's a team effort. There's no doubt about it. And you guys pulled it together, even with the skeleton crew. So that that's awesome, too. So I'm wondering, how did you prepare to play a character that is a ballerina? Well, uh, great question. So obviously, <laughs> ballerinas, they're professional athletes. And it's not something that you should jump into uh, lightheartedly. Um, and I did some classes in uh, North Carolina and I was doing two a week for three months and then we went into filming so that's like nothing you know it's a beginner and I had no besides when I was five I did ballet for a year when I was five (laughs) so that doesn't count too much right (laughs) yeah yeah so I didn't really remember much and and uh, if you're a ballerina and you're hearing me you're probably like gasping but you know I went on point uh, after three months and people were like, you did what? You know, because you're supposed to wait at least a year uh, before you do. And we were really lucky. We had the Stabna Ballet in, in uh, Richmond. And uh, we got to work with some really incredible professional ballerinas. So that was amazing. But yeah, it was, uh, I definitely, I hurt my knee. But just when you're on, you're just adrenaline is rushing and you just keep going and you are like, okay. And it's not until the the end of the day that you're like, oh, crap. You know, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but uh, it was really cool. So, yeah, I did not have as much prep as I should have had, but I had a little bit of prep. And um, I would definitely say that I'm still a novice because I think that ballet is, is people don't realize that it is, you know, it's a professional sport. And so, um it takes quite a bit of training, but uh, it was fun to, to learn the basics and then to challenge myself to do things that you shouldn't be doing. <laughs> I mean, unless you've been a ballerina for at least two to three years, but, but yeah. 
and where was this uh, film, um, you know, done at uh, the, the location, the, the theater? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering when I was um, watching, I was like, where, where did they uh, film this movie? Oh yeah. Beautiful. Right. Um, so yes. it was the bird theater, the bird, I believe it's the bird. Oh gosh. This is so long. Yes. Ago. In Virginia or am I off there? Yeah. Yeah, in Richmond, Virginia. Wow. Um, it's an old theater. They still show movies there. So we, that those that location was gorgeous. And then there was like an old pump house that we mm-hmm. filmed the the ending. I won't give anything away. And then the house scenes, uh, Adriana's house, that was mm-hmm. actually filmed at Joe, the special effects makeup artist who's incredible, him and Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. That was his house, uh, his personal house. Because, you know, it was a lot of pre-locations and favors. And so he was like, he's like one of those people, I'm doing it for the art. I love it. And so we, you know, the bathtub scene, which is one of my favorite scenes with <laughs> the, 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 you know, and those are both me. That was, that was probably yes. one of the coolest scenes. It was a, mm-hmm. wasn't a comfortable scene, but it was, it was just because it was freezing and sure. the, yeah, but, um, but it's awesome. And it looks great afterwards. But uh, yeah, so that was filmed in, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, so it was mostly in Virginia. I'd say 80% in Virginia, 20% in North Carolina. Fantastic. And it makes me think about your scenes with the, um, you know, the, the person that your character goes to, uh, the, I believe the psychologist. Um, oh, yeah. And you gave such great performances during those scenes. I just wanted to, to, to share that with you. Uh, just the look on your face and and, and 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 all that you did as an actress in those scenes. Very, very well done. Um, I, I guess you can tell good acting excites me, Kendra. So uh, oh, I was like, you're wow. You're so sweet. <laughs> and, yeah, Dr. Castanelli. Dr. Castanelli. Debbie, Debbie Roshan played um, Dr. Castanelli. Those scenes, yeah. I, a baby bird. That's a broken baby bird was my, I just was thinking, broken oh. and extremely fragile at that point uh-huh. um, was how, how I went into those scenes. Yeah. Well, you must have read my mind. I was just about to ask you how you, uh, how you prepared oh. for <laughs> such, well, wow, that's pretty good <laughs> that you figured that out. That's great. Well, yes, because, um, you know, in those kind of scenes, sometimes you have to really reach in, don't you, and just think of things you don't want to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely letting, yeah, and in those scenes, and it's just knowing as actors, like you know, just reacting off of her. But like I said, we didn't know where that scene was going to go in the movie, and that can be difficult mm-hmm. too. But I wanted to show the different sides, as as you know, I wanted when Adriana was originally when you I originally read her character, she was very unlikable, and and it was like okay. And I'm fine playing that, but when you're the lead and you're, you know, protagonist or are you the protagonist, you know, you don't, but you're, and so Brett and I were struggling and I was like, okay, we got to show all the sides and especially someone that is dealing with a mental illness. Like they're not always going to be, you know, they, they, they have so many different sides to them. And so I was really wanting to show in that scene, you know, this was like the mother that she didn't have or the role model or, you know, it's a really Mm -hmm. messed up relationship. But, and so she's, and so she's a broken baby bird and she's extremely vulnerable and she's completely exhausted and spent. And so, yeah, for those scenes, it was really, um, you know, and we'd had scenes before that were quite emotional. So it wasn't hard getting to the, 
being really exhausted and spent. But yeah, just totally letting Dr. Castanelli, Debbie Roshan, who's an amazing actress and Scream Queen, she's been doing it. She's a total vet, um, really amazing actress. Um, just play off of her and just, and, you know, just totally broken in those scenes. Yeah. And how long did it take to film the movie? Approximately. Oh, the movie. So like I said, very unorthodox uh, from beginning yes. to end. We filmed for the very first scene we shot was like two and a half years ago. And then, uh, then it was like a year and a half long process because we were filming like on weekends when people had free time. Sure. Uh, as I said, it was a low budget. So, uh, and then that was kind of difficult because you're like, Oh crap. Like, where are we? Well, where was I at? Cause you know, uh, in, in your personal life and then as the character. Uh, so it took about a year and a half from beginning to end to wow. film the, the yeah narrative. And, but we weren't on set for that many days. I mean, we were doing, right. you know, 15 pages a day, which is quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it helped because Brett was like directing it and editing it. So he knew what he needed for the edit. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I honestly couldn't tell you exactly. I can go back and look at my dates and tell you how many days, but I don't sure. think I was on set for more than 14 days of filming, 14 days as a lead. Which, oh, wow. You know, Overall. Maybe less. A yeah, lot of behind the scenes work then. And, and let me tell you, boy, those um, more dramatic and horrifying scenes, you really shine in those as well. Um, goodness. Uh, very in- intense scenes and, and you handled that just uh, brilliantly as well. Uh, and you worked with a, a, a co-star who did a fantastic job as well, and that's Katie Carpenter. Oh, um, yes. I love Who portrays <laughs> your best friend in the film. And, and, and no wonder, I, 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 you guys um, have worked before. Isn't that correct? Yeah, we're quite good friends in real life. So it was actually Katie and I met through Kevin Welsh, who was the first date. They're now married. They got married this year. So, yay. Shout out to them. But um, <laughs> he was the first Congratulations. Day yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really excited. They're an amazing couple uh, and amazing people. But they got, um, he was the first AD on Phantasma, or now called Bloody Ballet, but uh, mm-hmm. Phantasma. So he was the first AD. And I, they had called me to work on a short film with them way bef- like before, the year before. And I, I met Katie through Kevin. Kevin had been a first AD on another movie, the very first feature film I ever worked on. We met through that and stayed friends. And then when he did the short film, he reached out to me, him and Katie were dating, met her. Then Katie saw this on like Southern casting call or one of those websites and was like, Kendra, you should audition for this part. And I was like, okay, whatever. Send in the audition. Got booked it. And then there was the other part, and I was like, Katie. So then Katie and I, we did that movie together, and then we also did a web series that we created and produced together with Kevin. Kevin, you know, he's been on all the projects with us, and uh, yeah. And then yeah, Kate, I love Katie and Kevin. They're an amazing, amazing team. Uh, so it was really easy. The scenes, it wasn't. There was already the chemistry and the friendship there. So it was. Uh, those scenes were easy to film. It was just like hanging out with Katie on any that's other right. day or work, when we're working together. So extra yeah. fun. Get to work with your friend. That, that's like a bonus. That That's awesome. Yeah. And, 
And, and it really yeah. showed how comfortable you two were together and uh, makes me think of that uh, scene in the restaurant with the spaghetti. Yeah. And, um, oh, goodness. Well, I'll let folks discover all that on them, their own. But, um, yeah, so that that's just wonderful. And, and Katie definitely ha- isn't involved in, in quite a horrific scene uh, 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 in the film. Uh, no mm-hmm. doubt about that, let me tell you. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, um, you, you mentioned that the other title earlier and, and, um, you know, this is at, actually something, as you know, that does happen from time to time. Names get changed for various reasons. And, um, I thought, uh, what was your thoughts on that title compared to what it became? Um, well, I, I, I get it because it happens quite a bit. I did two movies this year that both of the titles got changed just for distribution, yes. especially international distribution, uh, you know, something like Bloody Ballet, it's probably easier for someone if English is their second language or it's not or whatever it may be, you're going to know Bloody Ballet. That sounds like a horror film. It fits the genre. Phantasma could be anything. It could be romance. It could be horror. It could be yes. comedy. I mean, it could really an artistic film. It could be, it could be anything. So I liked Phantasma better because it, I think it fit the film, and it's a very stylized film. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you, as we spoke about before, uh, it's an artistic horror film. So I, I liked Phantasma, but I totally understand and respect why it was changed to Bloody Ballet. But yeah, I think I mean I'm 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 partial to Phantasma, but I, I get I also understand distribution because I am a producer as well, so I, I totally get that. Um, and I don't know the exact reason why they changed it, but I'm assuming that's why. So. Well, I mean, Bloody Ballet isn't a, a horrible title. It's just, um, I guess yeah. there was just something kind of cool, like you were saying about that other title. Um, yeah. And um, so there's nothing wrong with that. And like you said, it is something that does happen for various reasons. And you described all that really well. And Kendra, I just want to thank you for sharing so many behind the scenes moments of the making of the film and your character. Um uh, congratulations to you, cast and crew, on an outstanding job. Thank you. Oh, and I, I did, I did forget to tell you one thing. I know you're wrapping up, but fantastic. No, go it for does, it. It does mean ghost. So that was kind of originally, actually, it had been called. Um, oh goodness, it had a malevolent, the malevolent. Oh, okay. Okay. Title. Well, while we were filming it, it was called uh-huh. the malevolent. And then it changed to Phantasma, which we quite liked. And I think you'll get the reference for Ghost, right? So then it yes. was changed to to Ghost uh, or Phantasma, which is, means Ghost. And then, so yeah, it's had three titles, but Phantasma was definitely my favorite of the three. But that was why Brett had picked Phantasma. Uh, well, it had I, a, there's, yes, that's a great description. And I did want to add, Kendra, to folks out there. That, you know, look, Bloody Ballet, one might go, oh, okay, so it's probably going to be one of the dancers knocking off the others, or there's some deranged psychopath out there knocking them off. All I can say, and Kendra and I can say, is there's far more to this film than just that. I think that's what makes it unique. Yeah, yeah. I I think so. Hopefully the viewers think that as well. I'm glad you think that. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I certainly do. And uh, I did want to ask you, if you don't mind, about uh, your involvement with a web series. And what what, what, what is that all about? Yeah, so Katie and I, Katie, Kevin and I, 
uh, I created that because I was living on the East Coast at the time. It's when I very first got into acting and I wanted, you know, they say create your own content, create your own material. So we got into doing our, our web series because we wanted to do comedy and there's was not a lot of comedy on the East Coast. You know, there's a lot on the West Coast, but it's quite hard to find it here. And we wanted to, um, you know, create our own characters. And I always get cast in like roles of the hot girl or sorority girl or just things that are very typecast. And I wanted to play a hippie, which is much more what I am, and something <laughs> fun and someone that doesn't take themselves too seriously and, you know, whatever. Well, hippies so, are fun. So there you go. <laughs> super fun, right? Right. So it's much more like slapstick. It's very much slapstick humor. Um, something yes. if you like Comedy Central or something like that. It, it yes. definitely fits that that mold, that genre. Um, so we did that, and we are on our second season. Not all. I think there's Katie and I just spoke a couple weeks ago. There's like four more episodes to be released, and you know, uh, right now, unless we get funding for season three, we Katie and I both have a lot of other projects on our plate. Um, I recently sold a script with my writing partner and we're going into co-producing and co-directing a film in the new year. So that is like the awesome. front thing on our plate. Yeah. 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 Very exciting. Quite, quite Way to exciting. go. Thank you. Thank you. We're really excited about that. So, you know, that's definitely at the, the forefront. Uh, but, uh, Katie and I definitely want to work together again. And Kevin, uh, I, I should just, you know, we, we definitely all want to work together again. I don't know. Uh, Obviously, if we got more funding, we would love to do more made-to-order um, or, if, you know, got picked up. Like, you know, we're definitely we're on board <laughs> for that. But um, right now, we're just focusing on our projects, but we definitely will be working together in the future, whether it's on made-to-order or another project. So uh, we just would have to come back together and figure out what's next. But, yeah. And this is titled Made-to-Order. Yes. And you can view it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, see, you can I've tell me. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I'm a very terrible promoter. I'm not very good at promoting. Katie's excellent at it. So, but I do. Yes, major order on YouTube. The first season. The first season is uh, they're standalone episodes. So there's five episodes. They're very short, all under five minutes. Mm-hmm. You could watch any episode by itself. You don't need to watch the episode before or after to you know understand it. And then the second season, we did a story arc. Um, and, uh, so you, you might want to watch it from beginning to end, just to have it make a little bit more sense. Uh, sure. but yeah, that was the very first project that, uh, I produced and Katie and I produced wow. and well, she'd done a short film that her and Kevin had produced, but that was the first web series we'd all produced. And it was an amazing learning experience. And it's like, the best kind of film school is to just go out and do projects because, mm-hmm. you know, and from there we've grown and we've, we've learned so much since then, uh, since initially yes. doing it. But, uh, yeah, it was, it's very rewarding in the aspect of now it's like every time I do another project, I'm just more and more prepared and I feel extremely comfortable now in, in my role. And, uh, you know, it's just like anything, any craft, any art, any sport, the more you do it, the better you get, the more you learn, and the more prepared you are. So, yeah. Well said. And I just 
discovered uh, made to order while I was researching you, and I did get to see a few clips, and I thought they were a lot of fun to watch. So like you just said, it is available on YouTube. Um, I think that a few other things may show up uh, involving that title. I think maybe that goes back many, many years. So I'm sure people, if they notice that, they go, okay, that's probably not it if it goes back 20 yeah. years. So keep that in mind, folks. You may have to scroll a little bit, and then um, you should be able to find it, though, pretty quickly after that. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing more of your work on there and, and your friend Katie's as well, who, in, in case people didn't realize, was your co-star in, in, in Bloody Ballet. So she plays Bernie. Yeah, she plays Bernie. Um, that is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, before we wrap up here, um, boy, I wish we could talk for two or three more hours. But before we wrap up here, although you probably had enough of me, but <laughs> no, no, no. But before we wrap up, you know, we have a brand new year just around the corner. And is there, um, you did mention some things that you're looking forward to, but overall, uh, what are, you, are your hopes for 2019? Uh, um, to just continue on this path, this journey that I'm on to constantly grow and learn and, you know, uh, just never take it for granted and always remain thankful and grateful to be doing what I love and keep and keeping it a sustainable career. So not putting all my eggs in one basket and really expanding into all different areas where I, I do find myself more and more behind the camera and I, I quite enjoy that. Um, I, I enjoy being behind the camera very much uh, and it fulfills a different part of my brain and my creativity. So you'll still see me and I have quite a few projects coming out and I'm filming one right now and I have another one lined up for next year, but you'll find more and more of me behind the camera as well. So, uh, yeah. That sounds I think wonderful. That, that, yeah. To just, to just keep at it and stay grateful. We were both and, discussing our joy of writing and, um, yeah. Uh, I've written some film reviews and I've done written interviews for an online magazine and I'm looking forward to next year to being involved with more writing projects. Um, I'm also, just so you know, Kendra, I have not told you this yet and I've never even shared this on the air as far as I know, but I'm also writing a book about my experiences of being adopted and dealing with grief titled Memories Left Behind. And I Memories. hope that that will be coming out in 2019. Beautiful. I'm going to write that down. My best friend, um, Mary, is adopted, and my cousins are adopted, and I have such a and I want to adopt and foster. So oh, I wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I wow. Well, you get a free copy, and I'll sign it too. So you get okay, a free copy. Yes. Oh, you're so <laughs> sweet. No, I'll buy it. But if you sign it, that would, that would make my, my year. That's so exciting. Congratulations. I'll, I'll definitely well, share it you. once it's out as well. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And and what do you enjoy the most about writing? Is oh, it is it just um, you know is there just something about it like just the thoughts in your head, the feelings in your heart? You just put it all together. It's it's is, is that what you like about it? Yeah, I just I like that you're building a world, right? You're just totally immersing yourself in a world. And uh, I love traveling, and I love different cultures, and so. It's the same thing, but in a, whether you have it based in reality or fantasy, whether it's, you know, mm -hmm. fiction, whatever it may be, it's, I just love that creativity and you have full control, you know, with acting, it's, it's, 
very rewarding and quite fun and, and um, fulfilling. But with writing, you just have total control and you get a, yes. you know, you get to build these characters. And I live in Los Angeles now where I just meet the most amazing, most interesting, unique people. And, you know, I get to take them and then build off of them and, you know, use them as inspiration. But really, like, creating new characters is, is really fun. And then creating the world they're in. And then, you know, as you're writing, you discover something. It just comes out and you write and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's really good. And, you know, yeah. you only get that by writing. Sure. And uh, and it also helps the acting and the acting helps the writing. It's, it's you know, it's it's very cohesive. The whole process, it, everything goes together. It blends together. And uh, so, yeah, with writing, I think it's just the yet again, imagination and just the creativity in this world. And um, yeah. And, and you hope that the things that bring you joy or make you laugh or you find interesting that you've learned that others will as well. And uh, just hopefully to inspire others and to um, bring some joy to them. So I love your sincere enthusiasm and passion for artistic <laughs> projects. I, it's just wonderful. And um, so thank you for your inspiration. I'm sure you've inspired a lot of listeners out there as well. I know I said I was wrapping things up, but I can't end this interview, Kendra, without asking about um, what had to be a very, uh, I'm sure, a fun and interesting experience um, uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, I've seen some photos, and that must have been a, uh, that must have taken a while with all that makeup. Yeah, five hours. Uh, Whoa, five hours. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> But and it's so funny. I know something. Matt, my 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 key makeup artist was uh, Matt as well, and that and he was just absolutely wonderful. And actually, it was it was quite fun because you have great conversation as you're getting your makeup done. And uh, you know, it, I never tired of that. And it, I would say it was about four hours in makeup, and then one hour in hair because first you got the complete bald cap on. Then you went into makeup, then you went back to hair, got half the wig and the, the head piece put on. And um, very little of the co- of the costume was CGI. Like if you see in the behind the scenes photos that are on James Gunn's, um, I think it's a Facebook or whatever it is. I've been tagged in some stuff. So you'll see the green pieces and that's the CGI part that you'll see in the movie, the, the robotic parts. But most of it um, is, is, is the actual just the wardrobe and the makeup and the the practical makeup. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. I found out that I had booked it. I knew I'd booked a Marvel movie, but they said it was untitled. They don't give you the script. They're obviously very secretive, uh, and for good reason. And, uh, mm-hmm. I found out when I got out of ballet practice for Phantasma, I was practicing. I was at one of my ballet, uh, you know, uh, rehearsal type things. And I got out and I had a, uh, a voicemail from the second AD and it was like he left a voicemail and it was calling regarding a fitting because they wanted to fly me out to Los Angeles to get fitted for the for the role and and it was like and he was like yeah this is blah 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 with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and I was like what? Because Guardians the first one was Volume 1 was my mine and my parents favorite Marvel movie like we loved it we loved the family element we loved the music we loved how James had styled it absolutely loved it and never in a million years did I think that I had booked the second 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I didn't even know they were filming the second Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 because <laughs> I'm terrible about keeping up with, you know, I need to get way better about projects that are in the work <laughs> or in development. Uh, but yeah, if you wind up in sequels, you might be like, oh, no, I didn't know there was a part three or four to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it was. And James is just the most amazing director. He's so kind and it was such a large obviously a huge the scene i was in was like one of the largest in the movie so it's this large-scale movie and, and extremely professional yet james made it feel like family and if you look at all of the if you look at the the 40 cast members and then you look at a, a lot of his crew they're all people that have been with him most have been with him from the beginning and they're good friends and mm-hmm. he's just a super loyal, amazing, awesome guy. And I was really lucky and uh, privileged to be on that. And that honestly got me back into acting because I fell out of acting uh, for a while because I got caught up in the commercial print world, print like modeling world where you make so much money and, you know, it was so easy. And then when I booked guardians, it was the only thing I had auditioned for in uh, 2016. And I booked it. And that brought me back into the acting world. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to be doing. I love this. Um, not that I don't love commercial and print because you get to work with really cool clients and I got to travel all over the East coast, but um, it brought me to Los Angeles. It, it was the final push to make me move from the Carolinas to Los Angeles. After I worked on the movie, I booked it when I was still living in North Carolina, filmed it in Georgia and then a year after, I, I made saved up my money from doing commercial and modeling that year, finished filming Phantasma, now Bloody Ballet, and then moved to Los Angeles. Uh, so it got me back into what I am truly passionate about. So, yeah, I have nothing but just that, that was an amazing experience. And I'm going to forever be grateful to Disney and to the Marvel Universe and to James for allowing me to be a part of that narrative. Well, thank you for sharing all that you have today. Uh, I, this has just been um, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I hope to talk to you about future projects. And I, I'm looking forward to your book and uh, listening to your uh, other podcast episodes. So um, oh, we'll definitely, definitely stay in touch. So thoughtful, so kind of you. Thank you. And you're such a talented lady, and I'm going to be cheering you on. And I'm already hoping you will return in 2019. So consider this an advanced invitation uh, to okay. definitely please come back to the show. Okay. I would love that. Awesome. <laughs> well, I want to wish you uh, a very happy uh, new year coming up. And I want to thank you again for being such an outstanding and fun and enjoyable guest. Oh, you're so kind. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year and a beautiful new year. And we will we'll talk, we'll talk in 2019. Well, thank you. And I also want to thank the listeners out there. Um, I often say friends and listeners because that's how I think of each and every one of you. And I might also add that my guest is an example of the importance of staying true to your, your heart. The true feelings you have in your heart doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but guess what? That happiness factor, it's priceless. Well, uh, be sure to visit Hollywood and Beyond on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
And uh, as mentioned uh, earlier, you can always reach me at hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. Well, this is host Stephen Brittingham. I'll catch you on another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you. You're not welcome here. You're not welcome. This is my body. Leave! Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be, please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. That is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com I look forward to hearing from you soon